Welcome to Looking Forward, where we speak with experts about marketplace and societal trends, and most importantly, how they might affect you. I'm Jeff Ostroff, the host of Looking Forward. If you're like me, you're fascinated by trends in the future. In fact, several years ago, that was one of the things I focused on in a book I wrote. Hi, everyone. Today on Looking Forward, we're going to be looking at trends, opportunities, and the future of an alternative approach to patient care known as functional medicine. To help us do that, we've brought on an expert in the practice of functional medicine. She's Dr. Patricia Ballone. Known as Dr. Pat, she is a certified functional medicine practitioner, coach, chiropractor, speaker, and author. Over the last 35 years, Dr. Pat has helped thousands of people stop adopting their lifestyle to pain and chronic problems by using a holistic approach, focusing on the whole person, not just their symptoms. Dr. Pat is the founder and principal of Ask Dr. Pat, the health team network, and the author of the highly rated book, Why Are You Sick, Fat, and Tired? Among her many degrees, she is a graduate of Functional Medicine University. You can reach Dr. Pat Ballone, spelled B-O-U-L-O-G-N-E, at healthteamnetwork.com on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Her hashtag is Don't Forget Your Health. Hi, Dr. Pat. Welcome to Looking Forward. So happy to be here. You know, that's actually one of my close to one of my phrases I always use, which is keep moving forward. Hashtag that KMF. <laughs> KMF. That sounds a lot better than something I've heard sometimes. Okay. <laughs> now, Dr. Pat, before we go any further, I've introduced you. Everybody knows that we're going to be talking about uh, functional medicine, trends, opportunities, and the future thereof. For the benefit of our listeners, Dr. Pat, who don't know what is meant by functional medicine, can you please briefly explain that? Okay. I look at functional medicine. You've got to understand what con, um, conventional or traditional medicine is, and you have to understand what functional medicine is and how functional medicine relates to uh, lifestyle medicine. So conventional medicine is disease-oriented. It's doctor-centered. Everyone's treatment's the same, no matter what it is. If you have hypertension, everyone gets treated the same way. It's specialized. So you have someone, a specialist for the heart, the specialist for digestion, the specialist for reproductive, respiratory, that kind of thing. And it's based upon, your diagnosis is based upon symptoms. And they use the, the, uh, the model of early detection. So by the time you have early detection, you already got it. So that's one of the problems with, and though that's conventional medicine, that's her MO. Functional medicine, on the other hand, is health-oriented, it's patient-centered, it's holistic, it's about you, it looks at the underlying root cause of the problem, and you address that underlying root cause while you're dealing with the symptoms, it's bio-individuality, so it's about you, I said that twice, I know, I want to emphasize that, and it's a very preventative approach, and how that relates to lifestyle medicine because you're going to hear that same term right in hand in hand because they were both gave, they were given birth, you know, and the medicine model about the same time. It's the treatment for prevention. Notice that preventative approach and prevention. And lifestyle medicine is very good at treating chronic illness and disease with non-drug approaches. And that means like diet, exercise, targeted supplementation. 
um, medical foods would fall under that, maybe some weight loss, you know, um, programs, you know, and stress management, which we certainly had a lot of in the last year and a half. Oh, yeah. So lifestyle medicine, interestingly enough, is endorsed by um, the NIH as essential to the treatment and management of disease and is as effective as medications without the undesirable side effects, right, that medications give you. So diseases, because this has got to be clarified, are things like type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, hypertension, obesity, sugar metabolism problems, osteoporosis, and many kinds of cancers. Unfortunately, there's a whole array of things. And the thing that they all have in common is inflammation. Inflammation. Now, Dr. Pat, two comments here based on what you said. Number one is just for the benefit of our audience, when you said NIH, you're talking about the National Institutes of Health, right? Absolutely. Okay. And Absolutely. number two is I love the individualized approach. And I relate to that because I have type two diabetes. Mm -hmm. And I know that certain people who have diabetes or problems processing sugar, as you alluded to, will have certain foods that will cause their sugar to spike mm -hmm. and others that won't. And it might vary from person to person. So oh. this whole individualized approach, I'm onto it. It makes a lot of sense. Getting back to you personally, Dr. Pat, please tell our listeners just a little bit about how and when you became interested in the practice of functional medicine. It's a fascinating field. How'd you get involved with it? Well, I was probably doing functional medicine before it was coined functional medicine. Um, I had a lot of mentors in chiropractic that were stellar. Um, and their research and their techniques. So, you know, and we were always taught as a chiropractor, you know, that was my first training. I was always taught to always go to the root problem. It's like, so you're saying like, you know, you have a cough, well, what's the cough from? It's just like, is there a subluxation in the back that relates to that? So people who have coughs and respiratory things always have relationships, even in, in Chinese medicine, which I'm an acupuncture physician also, um, ties into the kidneys and the lungs. So you always know when you got a cold, you're always going to the bathroom and you're peeing a lot, you know, even, and you're like in, in that part about hydrating and that whole thing. So all those pieces of the puzzle kept on fitting in. Then I would find another mentor. I'd find another teacher, you know, and then one day, you know, I found Jeff Bland <laughs> and um, I even, when I was, had the opportunity to see him, if he was anywhere near me, that made sense to get in a plane train or an automobile to go see this guy talk, I went to go do that. And many times I was very fortunate because I lived right downtown Boston, you know, at the time he was giving his lectures in the hotel next to where I lived. That was great for rolling out of the bed, getting over there and just like sitting there going input because he is such a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant guy. So that's how I kind of got into it, kept on leading. And when, you know, I one time ran into Jeff Bland at a, a conference and I went up and thanked him because when I had my active practice going on Cape Cod, I said, I can't tell you how many people I said from little things that I learned from you, you know, and to start, you know, like piecing in the puzzle for people. I said that I asked them, I go do this, you know, and like, you know, and they always had the mindset component and they always had the accountability component and any of the programs that I offered there. And they had these really great results, you know? So I just want to tell you how many people that you helped from my point of view that you don't even know, 
you know, so I just, as a practitioner and, you know, being stalking you for all these years and all these places that you spoke and had the opportunity to see you, I just wanted to thank you. Namaste. And it was great. It was really, it was a very nice moment and to spend time with him with that. That's great to know. If you would please spell his last name so that not only myself, but the rest of our listeners could maybe check him out. How, how does he spell his last name? Jeff? Bland. B as in boy, L-A-N-D. Bland. He's, Jeff Bland. Yeah. He's a PhD, MD, you know, the, the whole spiel. Wow. Um, started his interest off in biochemistry. And um, he wrote a book called The Disease Delusion, you know, and um, he blatantly states in this book, you know, you are not your DNA. And I have to agree with him because our DNA only expresses itself as the environment is hitting us. So if we have had, you know, years of, you know, uh, torture, you know, from things that we've done to ourselves, um, you know, and types of foods that we ate, types of thinking that we think, the types of exercise we did or didn't get, piecing all those puzzles and and getting the big picture, then, you know, we we have a, a lot to contribute to our disease and chronic illness and disease processes that today are pretty much lifestyle induced. I very much agree with you. And I've seen that in people around me, how depending on how they've lived their life, how they are at 60 or 65 and over. So I'm in on all of what you're saying, Dr. Pat. Now, this term that we're using, that you're using of functional medicine, I remember maybe I'm going to say 10 years ago is when I first started hearing about it. I know it hasn't been used for all that long, it probably was used before I first heard about it. Can you speak just a little bit about when the practice of functional medicine began and how has it evolved up until the present day, Dr. Pat? It's like an epidemic. Um, In a good way. In a very good way, because, well, first off, remember that guy, Jeff Bland? Yes. He is known as the godfather of functional medicine. Why do you know that? He coined the term in 1990. And he married the disciplines of functional medicine to basic medical sciences with expertise in clinical medicine and addressing both the growing problems associated with chronic illness and disease. He started that then. I started, you know, going to seminars of his like in 1991. He's an international recognized uh, leader in functional medicine and thinking outside the box. He's a great outside of the box thinker. He also has been doing this for 35 years and he's delivered this information to over hundreds of thousands of doctors around the world. So because of him, people started thinking like, well, maybe that's not the real reason why you've got this. Instead of treating the symptoms, they started going, well, why do you have this anyways? Because it doesn't really matter the diagnosis. What matters is what's playing on in your environment. You have people who are starting to be like that level of sense didn't make sense to me when I, you know, when I was in medical school. In fact, Mark Hyman says the roadmap that he was given in medical school to navigate through the territory of illness was the wrong map. It taught doctors to diagnose disease and assign a standardized treatment, no matter who was suffering. That's the wrong approach. It's a map that sends you in the wrong direction almost every time. Mark Hyman is in Massachusetts and he's an MD, functional medicine doctor. He was the head of the Functional Institute of Medicine, took over Jeff Bland's place when he retired. And Mark Hyman's got a lot of programs. You can see them there. A lot of them are online and as such. But, you know, what he said there was really, really quite wise. It's just because he also, the concept of like, you know, having that mental shift and that mental shift being 
that, you know, the world is round and not flat because traditional medicine's flat. I mean, it's either this or it's that. And functional medicine's going like, well, you know, maybe something else is going on here. Like what's going on with your gut and why is your gut not handling the food and how did it get damaged in the first place? What kind of food choices did I choose or didn't choose? Because you got to go back to like how you're participating in your environment in order to find some of those answers out. It's like your body is like a Swiss watch and all the organs function because the brain tells them what to do. And so when you have each organ system has to be able to talk to each other in high communication, cellular communication. And when it can't do that, one of them, like the Swiss watch, like a piece of the Swiss watch, when one of those things go, everything goes, you know, so you're going to see over a period of years where that inflammation started and where it's festered up. And so what it, one of my biggest mentors in chiropractic always said, this is when I turned into a CSI agent in functional medicine, is that what you got isn't what you got. You got to take a look at like, here's my symptoms. And this is what it normally means. But now, you know, you're thinking like, but why did you get it? Like, you know, why is that manifesting now? Like, what is it in my environment? What's around me? What am I eating? What am I breathing? What am I thinking? Am I uh, structurally sound? You know, th there's a lot of questions around there that you can take a look at, like, what kind of foods am I eating? The idea is to like, when you can do that, you can really go in and make a huge difference in someone's life and how they're stepping forward into aging gracefully, you know, and with as little issues as possible or managing those issues if there are issues to be handled. Yes, and a couple of comments there. Dr. Mark Hyman is terrific. And I would say, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Pat, that one of the ways that this has evolved, this meaning functional medicine is there's a lot more information, it seems, being disseminated out there to people about functional medicine and how to sure. look at things in the way that you're talking about, correct? Sure. You know, and a lot of people are calling themselves functional medicine practitioners and such, but I would behoove anybody when they're, you know, to ask that practitioner where they got their training at that because that's important because a lot of times, you know, when, when uh, integrative medicine came around, everyone said, oh, I'm doing integrative medicine. And well, they might be doing it, but where were you trained it? You know, that's important to be able to connect those dots. Like, do you have certification in it, you know, and for instance, and who gave you that certification? And how does that help the person who's with you? Because, you know, a lot of times people do not have enough time when they go in to see their medical doctor, you know, because they're only allotted like 15 minutes. And if you don't have your act down to ask the right question, to be able to advocate for yourself. And a lot of people, when they get in front of a doctor, their mouth zips up for some reason. Yeah. And they don't ask the questions that they really want to have answered. And so, you know, and so then they let the doctor direct it. And next thing you know, 15 minutes is over. You didn't get to ask the, your most important question about how do I move forward, you know, from this meeting and going forward. And they'll just like, oh, you can talk to, you know, the PA or whatever. But that's not the reason why you went there in the first place. So the, the one of the things in, in the book that I wrote, Why Are You Sick, Fat, and Tired, it, that book can act as a guidebook, a workbook, and an advocating tool so that when you go someplace, you have your right side and left side connected you know, and they are talking to each other. So you can go and say, so I need to talk to you about this. And it changes the power of that conversation to sit in your lap, not theirs. Yes. And you made an excellent point there that I want to comment on, which is how time, meaning the time that you get to spend with a practitioner really dictates how the treatment goes because the practitioner often gives you 15 minutes or maybe a half an hour, but you really need a lot of time, more than that, to get through all of this. We have about 20% of our listeners, our looking forward listeners, not living in the United States. 
I just recently learned that about 5% are in France, by the way, which is interesting given your last name. So when we talk about this topic of functional medicine, and you spoke about how it began and its evolution, where we are now, and there's more information out there about it, is what's happening in the U.S. indicative of what's happening, let's say, at least in the developed world outside of the United States? Or is the pace different? Is everything still traditional there? There's a lot of people around the world that have had exposure to Jeff Bland and functional medicine, you know, and there's a lot of practitioners around the world that have done programs to get certification in functional medicine, whether they be with, you know, Functional Medicine University or the International Functional Medicine Association, whatever it is, like, you know, they have that certification. So there's a huge interest because medical doctors have told me before, like, how do I set up my practice you know, for functional medicine? Yeah. Because their mindset is like, you see somebody that you don't see them for three months later, or unless they have a problem in between time. But in functional medicine, like chiropractic, you have to have that repetition because people, it takes 21 days to change a habit you know, and the statistic on it really is that it actually can take up to eight and a half months to make something more a behavior, make it into a ritual or a habit. So, you know, and the average is 66 days. So the 21 days is great, but the the, the 2190 rule is to take that after you did 21 days, you do it for another 90. So there's a lot of practitioners around the world, you know, and so, and I don't know all the logistics of, you know, the legality, but Western medicine in a lot of different places has got a lot of power, even like the AMA here um, in the United States, and they have a huge lobby. So in England, I know it's difficult for practitioners to really function as a functional medicine doctor, from my understanding. And so like, you know, you got to take a look at because, okay, so use adversity to your advantage. You have the problem, but you still have people wanting that information. And when they want that information, and if they know that you exist and you're able to, you know, be valuable, you're visible, and you're speaking with and giving um, concrete, valuable content to people so that they can make better changes in their life, people find you. Yeah. Do you think it is spreading? Oh, Yeah. outside of the u.s it's oh sure it's like you know it's just like you know even in the statistics i gave you he's like you know functional medicine for more than 30 years has distributed health care to practitioners in 36 countries 36 countries that's huge we're getting there the last roughly speaking year and a half most all of the world has been dealing with this pandemic of covid19 what impact do you think covid19 has had on functional medicine practitioners, their patients and treatment approaches? Well, you know, it's, it's a big shift, you know, mentally, you know, when you go into a functional medicine office anyway, whether it's chiropractor, whether it's, a, you know, a acupuncturist, whether it's a medical doctor, whoever. So the thing about COVID is that, and it's interesting is that the virus is a virus. It's not the disease. So people aren't, you know, technically they're not dying from COVID, maybe a couple few people, you know, or thousands of people, whatever that number is, but it's a virus. And what the virus does is it makes your body go into a reaction. And when people's bodies can't handle that reaction, it tells you that their immune system has been compromised and it can be compromised from any one of the organ systems that have been taxing it for so many years that when you go 
go to, you know, to, when you have that experience, you go into what's called a cytokine storm. That's hard one today. Cytokine um, storm. Storm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so when you do that, your immune system shuts down. So what people saw, you know, in seeing, you know, um, lifestyle medicine, functional medicine, and people who practice who think outside the box is like, hey, you want to know something? If you don't, there's a lot of sick people out there, number one. Number two, if you don't take care of your immune system, you got to say, what fortifies my immune system? Well, what fortifies it is fortifying all the other organ systems that support the immune system being what it does, because it's not going to respond. It's going to keep on, you know, like responding until it crashes. And when it crashes, you have a cytokine storm. Yes. You've clearly laid out what is the real problem here. It's not the virus, it's what the virus induces because people's systems are weak. So can you talk a little bit about changes that maybe COVID has had on your practice? I've had more engagement with people and um, I'm gonna presume that my other fellow uh, colleagues have had that also because people are unsatisfied with like where their health is and they're scared, you know, and they had a lot of, you know, scare tactics use with them and they just don't know. So they're trying to find where's the best information for that. So I've had more engagements with people myself and I'm gonna presume that my other colleagues have had more engagements also with that. I would think, and I, I don't know this for sure, but you would have a better idea, Dr. Pat, than I do. Do you feel like there's a sense that people maybe are starting because of this to take their health a little bit more seriously or is that too much to ask for? Well, you know, I'm hoping <laughs> that that's all I want to say on that. I'm, I'm hoping because, you know, it's always a dilemma for a physician to have somebody come in and then, you know, and their compliance to what, you know, if it makes sense to them, you know, and, you know, when, if, when I'm coaching other physicians, I say, if they're not coming back, then there's something missing in your communication. And so picking that telephone, that might be a good thing to, to discover what that is so that, you know, cause it might've been just a simple word that you use and you don't realize that that word had a major impact for that person. So, yeah. That's a good point. And to add to that point, something that you indirectly alluded to, which is it's the proverbial, you can lead the horse to water. You can tell people what they need to do or what you think they need to do, but whether or not people are going to follow through and do it, you can't make them do that unless you put a gun at their head. So that's a whole other aspect of this that I know has to be challenging for any practitioner or counselor. You give people guidance and what they do with it, who knows? You know, it's always great to have a client. I have to say that, you know, I, I have a client right now in California who, if I asked her to drink eight ounces of water as soon as she hits up with her eyes open in the morning she would do it without question you know and i and i always tell people i said if i tell you something to do and it doesn't make sense to you say something speak great and i said because i want then i can because maybe it's the way i explained it you know I, i need to think of a different way to explain the same thing because not everybody hears the same way You know, and so when my office, you know, when I was on Cape Cod at the time, you know, I had, I had a huge compliance. I had a very, very, very active practice when I was down there. And part of it was because 
I always gave permission to people, go ahead and interrupt me. They go, I don't want to offend you. You're not going to offend me. You're going to offend me if you don't interrupt me. You have to interrupt me if you don't understand something I'm saying to you. Because what I, I say to you in directions are important for you to be able to simulate. Because I need to know that you can do them. That's great. I yes. think that's wonderful, that two-way exchange. Looking forward, of course, Dr. Pat is about looking into the future. We're going to ask you to predict what developments or trends you think we might see in functional medicine over the next several years. What would you speculate we might see, whether it has to do with the number of practitioners, the way functional medicine is practiced, the number of individuals who will engage it and will go to see people like you? What changes would you imagine might happen over the next several years? Well, I suspect there'll be a lot more people getting certification in functional medicine for starters. And I suspect people being that they're so broadband information based, you know, with the Google search, you know, that at least gives them, you know, that opportunity to look up, look who's interactive, like, how do you know that person? What do they say? You know, that type of thing. So they have their questions prepared before they walk into that doctor's office, you know, and I always said, if they don't answer your questions, you should go find a different doctor. And then, you know, and then the opportunity, you know, it's just like they're teaching functional medicine in medical colleges now, but I don't know what the quality of education is on that one. But they're also, you know, that it's that challenge and medicine always says to, you know, compliance, having the right person, you know, and, and being present. I mean, I think physicians are learning that, you know, they have to be people too. You know, um, I asked a, a question outside to the sky um, at um, Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston one time. I said, are you a person? I first asked if I could ask the question. I said, are you a person or do you think you're a human being? And he said, I'm both. And I said, you must be a medical doctor. I see, he goes, I am. <laughs> because you have to be able to listen with compassion, you know, and embrace, but you also have to listen at a distance, you know? And the reason for that is, is because of that level of sympathy people have, that empathy is that you start having the same things of the people who you're treating. You know, so you really want to have that distance, but you want to listen to with a very warm, loving heart and ear. How about your prediction as to whether more individuals will turn to functional medicine practitioners? And also, how about the way that education is taught in schools? Do you see changes occurring in either of those two things? More patients looking for people like you? And, and maybe this seeping more into what has been called traditional medicine and the way that would-be doctors, practitioners learn how to practice? Well, the answer to that first question is yes. <laughs> and okay. the reason is because people are not getting the answers that they need in order to make better decisions. And a lot of people are wasting time and energy going from one physician to another physician. They're doctor shopping. And what I like to stop that doctor shopping like immediately and, you know, and just say like, hey, let's work together on this so that you can get the better information so you can make an educated decision about what you need to do for yourself. Because that way you have a compliant patient. As far as the teaching part of it, you know, it's just like there's certification programs for people who are already practitioners, like, you know, the International um, Functional Medicine, you know, Institute and uh, Functional Medicine University. There's the, um, it's four A's, like uh, it's the anti-aging um 
platform out of Florida. So there's a lot of places where people as practitioners can go and learn this information. I know that for a fact, they are starting teaching some courses in Western medicine schools, but likewise, you know, when I graduated from school years ago, they only taught one class in nutrition. And whatever that one class is, there's nutrition so evolved and so textured, you can't learn that in one class. Mm. And so, you know, you ha it's an ongoing kind of, kind of self-study and, and looking at, you know, like what, you know, what's out there in publications and that type of thing. So the education part of it has taken a while and is, is coming around slow, but I would prefer to get my education from known authorities that have been teaching it for years and, and anybody, and I, and I like Jeff Bland so much and I really respect his incredible vertical intelligence, you know, that you know, it's just like, it's just a really great to be able to go back and listen to some of his lectures that I've had on, they get used to give them to you on uh, sticks, you know? Yeah. And so, or the, the, and so you bring them back and you, know, it's just like, you put them in your computer and you're thinking like, I don't remember when he talked about that. So you'd have to look it up yeah. and, you know, and how that all, you know, ties in together. So there, the education's there. You have to be able to be willing to spend the time, energy and money to jump in on it. And just to follow up on that quickly, Dr. Pat, so you're still seeing over the next few years, somewhat of a dichotomy. That is, you've got the traditional medicine practitioners and the functional medicine. It's not like they're going to be integrated. Well, maybe at some point, but not in the next few years, you're going to see more of a gestalt, like one, one kind of a practitioner who does both. Western medicine doctors who became functional medicine doctors have the capacity to do both because work like blood work and lab work that a functional medicine doctor or a lifestyle medicine doctor will order a lot of times it's very different than a Western traditional medicine doctor, you know, for the same thing. Like sometimes, you know, people have gut problems. They go take this, take Zantec or whatever it is. And it's like, oh, well that my doctor gave me this. And so that works. Right. And, but it doesn't necessarily work in the long run. I mean, there's a lot of times we get, you know, medications, we get shots and things like that, that we don't know what the long-term side effects of those are. And Absolutely. so, you know, and so when you're looking at those questions, you really got to like piece that puzzle together. And I think traditional medicine is trying to, you know, maybe change some of their edges. So they're more curvier, but the, you know, but the functional medicine part of it takes the knowledge that they learned in Western medicine, by the way, chiropractors and other alternative doctors have a lot of similar chiropractors, especially mirror the education that Western medicine doctors get, except for the pharmaceutical part of it, which we don't ever study. I mean, we do study it. It's, it's like a one class and you yeah. can't learn everything about pharmacy in one class, yeah. you know, and it's like, you have to be able to be willing to go out and research that. And like, what does that do? Why is that, you know, contraindicated and look into the second, third and fourth tier of those side effects when you're taking meds. Just a good tip. <laughs> yes, that is a good tip. A couple of things that I wanted to say based on what you said, it's very rare. I know for myself that I've been asked by a general practitioner about nutrition and my diet. Of course, when I go to my endocrinologist, she'll be asking me about those sorts of things because of my diabetes. But uh, it isn't often that your regular doctor, I find, will ask you those kinds of questions. And the other thing is, I'm glad you made that point that there are definitely doctors who are MDs who are also functional medicine doctors. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're one or the other. So thank you for right. clarifying that. The other aspect of looking forward 
that gives it its name is because we're upbeat about opportunities. If you saw the logo, it's about sunshine and possibilities. And I don't have to tell you that many people have lost their jobs, Dr. Pat, due to COVID. Some people don't like what they're doing and they want to change their careers. Some people like me are in second careers. And then you have those students, right? They want to know, what should I do when I grow up? What should I major in? What should I do when I get out of college? And always entrepreneurs and investors looking for opportunities. What are some of the opportunities that you might see related to functional medicine over the next several years, Dr. Pat? Well, one of the things is, you know, you always could use a good functional medicine coach and like somebody who understands like, this is what I'm doing. You know, I am trying to fix my gut. We're going to use that as a very simplistic way. Let's fix my gut because if you fix your gut, you change your life. So those people who are doing that, you know, like in Western medicine, you wouldn't see it. They would give, here's this program, go take this, come back in three months and let me know if it worked for you. And or two, like, if you got a problem, call me up then. Well, the thing is, is that when somebody, when you educate, it's like the same thing. It's like when you teach somebody how to fish, they can feed their family. And so if I teach somebody how to eat, you know, I teach somebody how to think better, feel better and move better. Their possibilities are endless. So I think the opportunity in functional medicine, you know, it's a billion dollar industry, food and nutrition anyway, is to like, you know, support where you know how to support, support something that you have passion about. You know, if you like to cook, teach people how to cook. I mean, so many people, there's nobody who taught anybody about food, you know, from the fifties. I can remember the first time my mother made a Duncan Hines cake, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> it's just like, what happened to your cake? I mean, it's just tasted like plastic to me and it probably was, you know, cause a lot of people too, just don't understand you know, like, why is this not a good food for me? And so people have the ability to be in a very simplistic terms, like this is good for you. And the reason why this is good for you and it pairs very well with this food. It's one of the reasons why I love the fridge so much. It's like, it pairs very well with this food. It's because your body utilizes it a lot better mm. and you have better results with that. And so you sleep better, you think better, you move better. I can't tell, I can't repeat that so many times. And it's important because, you know, that's when you excel, you know, and you're not waking up like in a fog, <laughs> yeah. you know, or it, it, there's, there's a lot of like um, pieces of the pie that come together, you know, so where I see opportunity at in like functional medicine is to be the support that a physician needs um, in order to, you know, like really deliver you know, good information, disseminate information to millions of people who need to have better information so they can make better decisions. <laughs> That's great. So you're talking about, in some respects, if not a practitioner, an allied health professional, some mm -hmm. kind of a coach, as you put it, a counselor, there's going to be a great need for those kinds of individuals. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, before we get to having you tell our listeners how they can find out more about you, Dr. Pat, you are a functional medicine coach, and you're also the author of, of a very successful book about health and well-being. And I would be remiss if I didn't ask you to tell our listeners perhaps a few of the lesser known tips that you might share with your patients or others about how they can maximize their own health and well-being. And I ask you that recognizing you've already said quite a few things. So are there any other things that you might want to mention that 
aren't the obvious. And when I say the obvious, and it doesn't mean they're not important, by the way, but one is we've heard over and over again, have your five fruits and vegetables a day. But what are maybe some more subtle things that you might suggest people do? Because you're an expert on this. Well, that's true. So one of the things, um, when I first start working with anybody, it doesn't matter where they're at, whatever, I always go back to basics because you got to find out what's going on in the foundation. So with that being said, the five fruits and vegetables, your fruits should be less <laughs> than out of the five, you have your five vegetables, you know, and, um, and then you use sparingly that, you know, the fruits and fruits should be colorful. The ones that are orange usually have a lot more sugar in them and like sugar plums, you know, someone said to me, Oh, I was feeling so good when I left your office on Friday and on Monday, they could barely walk. And I said, why is that? And they said, what'd you do over the weekend? Oh, my girlfriend and I went out and we went and picked plums. I said, like sugar plums. I went, the person's face was, oh, I go get it, you know? And so I'm always a big proponent of like, you know, vegetables over fruits. But when you eat fruits, you eat them sparingly and you have, you focus on things like the berry group, like raspberries, blueberries, blackberries, you know, things like that, because they're much more supportive for you than our other fruits. You know, it's not like you can't have a nectar ring, you know, but make sure it's, it's absolutely ripe. Because a lot of people eat foods, a lot of fruits that are not ripe, and it's horrible for your gut. So, wow. thing. and so, you know, I always go back to my five pillars that I teach in my book, which are, you know, nutrition and diet, which are not the same thing under the same umbrella, you know, because you can have you know, you can have nutrition, but doesn't mean you have good diet. So you have to really focus on eating clean, you know, eating right and being hydrated. Exercise. Second patient ever told me, a 92-year-old woman, Dr. Pat, with this beautiful Southern accent, if you don't move, you're going to die. <laughs> and so I tell people, like, you don't like to exercise, go out and walk. Try to walk every day as far as you can, as fast as you can for as long as you can. And hydrate. So twice I've said hydration. Yeah. And then, then you have sleep. You know, and then, you know, you have to have proper sleep, you know, so your bedroom is your sanctuary, you know, turn the lights off, turn the electronics off, put your telephone on the other side on airplane mode and not have that electromagnetic radiation next to your brain. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing long term. And if you want to sleep well, hydrate. Then you have positive mental attitude. You know, you wake up and you hit the ground running. So it's either a good thing or a bad thing. You know, it's like if you hit the ground running and you like run into like, mass confusion, go out and hug a tree. And I used to have a rock in my office that I used to give my staff when they were obnoxious and God bless them. If they came in in a bad mood, I would just put, the rule was anybody could put that rock in somebody's workstation. And so when that got in your workstation, that meant you needed to go outside and take a break, sit in some sunshine, think good thoughts, do good deeds. It's not that hard, you know, and, and also protecting yourself from toxic people that's you know and drink more water because you can't think well if you're not hydrated and, and you know back on the sleep thing just a one little thing that people sure. don't know is that your brain detoxes during the middle of the night but usually between one and four when the melatonin levels are going up and the last thing is I always say structure is function because structure in your body affects your posture and that affects every physiological happening in your body from everywhere. So, you know, and one of the things that keeps your body lubricated, the joints and everything is hydration. So how much hydration do you really need? This is my old fashioned tip, but it's a very present because people don't, they're dehydrated is you drink 50% of your body weight in water wow. every day. 
So if you weigh 150 pounds, you drink 75 ounces of water. If you hate the taste of water, put it in a container that is appropriate without any toxins in it and put a straw in it, drinking from the straw. A lot of times people don't like water because it lingers or they're swallowing air in their stomach. And then you can always use an essential oil like lemon or lime or grapefruit, something like that, a couple drops, two or three drops, not anymore in that. And so, so you can have the hydration. And the other part about the mechanics is the reason why you go see a chiropractor. And that is because, you know, nine out of 10 children, when they're born, they have some type of cervical damage. So get your children checked out by a chiropractor soon after birth and check them out now. And you periodically go so that, you know, that if you, cause you want to be able to do what grandma said, right? If you don't move, you're going to die. You want to be able to move and not have the pain and inflammation because pain is not a lifestyle. Right. It's never meant to become a lifestyle. It's a warning sign to tell you something is not right. So get it checked out and get fixed. Thank you for sharing those, Dr. Pat. If you could just let our listeners know how they can find out more about you, your practice, your book. I know you do public speaking, anything that you want to share with them. This is the opportunity for you to do that. Well, how we met was on LinkedIn. So I have a significant presence on LinkedIn. And so I'm always open to, you know, invites and having chats on LinkedIn. I give 30 minutes of my time on a get acquainted call um, so that you just know what's going on with somebody and maybe that they need some help or know somebody who does. So LinkedIn's a good source. I have a Facebook business page that I use. It's just Dr. Pat, same thing as LinkedIn. It's a good place to find me. I use Instagram and I put posts in there, but my primary source is LinkedIn or my website, which is healthteamnetwork.com. If you do that, you can make an appointment with me on my calendar. Okay, and the, the last thing I wanted to mention is um, I am coming up to September in the fall. So when we all get back, you know, go back to school kind of thing, yes. I have a course that I'm going to be teaching because Ooh. I feel that it is so important to be stronger than medicine so that you have the components, you understand those five pillars and you get them down to a science in a way that's assimilable and that you can talk them in. Because I always think if you can't share what we talk about to somebody else, then I've got to go back to the drawing board and figure out how to do that. And I want people, one of my missions in life is to have people really understand where their health is and what that health snapshot looks. And it's going to be a four-week course, but it's called Be Stronger Than Medicine. It's a four-week program, and I'm going to be teaching it live. And the last uh Last week is all about question and answer and taking a look at your own, um, you know, what, how your body's handling toxins and what's going on with your gut. You know, that's, that's going to be the last week. And I just want to hashtag something. And my hashtag going forward with this today is uh, don't forget your health. No apostrophe. Hashtag. Don't forget your health. Don't forget your health. Okay. Ask Dr. Pat. And Dr. Pat, please repeat the website address again. I will. It's health. Health. Team. Health team, one word. Yeah. Network. Network. All one word. All one word. Okay. All one word. Healthteamnetwork.com. Okay. You'll see this, people, in any notes that are associated with this episode. Pat spells her last name B-O-U-L-O-G-N-E if you are looking her up by her last name. Dr. Pat, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. We hope to have you back again sometime. Awesome. Thanks for listening to this episode of Looking Forward. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something. I also hope that you'll tell others about our show. 
If you have any comments or ideas for future episodes, please contact me at my website, jeff-ostroff.com. That's J-E-F-F-Ostroff, O-S-T-R-O-F-F dot com. This is Jeff Ostroff inviting you to join us again next time on Looking Forward.